everybody. This is J-Life. Word up. How you doing, y'all? What's the matter with you? What's the matter with me? What's the matter with you? Oh, no. We don't, fine. We, we, we don't have time for that, John. Fine. Fine. Whatever. Anyways, I'm John. With me is Matt, my good old co-host of mine. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Geeks from the Multiverse podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about a variety of topics, but in particular... We're going to start by talking about the two main words in our title, which is geeks and multiverse. We're going to be defining those, but our topic of the day, the main topic, is going to be movie quotes. And we're going to be giving you our top five favorite movie quotes. So let's get geeky. So Matt, you know, I was thinking about it. What is a geek? Like, what do you think the definition is or... What is your interpretation of it? You know, and I, I think, I mean, my personal interpretation, I, I kind of look towards what society looks at as far as a geek. And I think it, it would kind of be like somebody who would be like middle age, overweight, living with his mom, maybe working in some maybe tech company or even at a gas station or something, you know, that's, I guess what I would see as a geek. Okay. So, so my definition, if I was to, to go into it a little bit here, a geek is someone who's, I wouldn't say fanatic, right? I would say more, you know, they're really passionate about a certain, let's say subject or, maybe a certain maybe genre right of like fantasy sci-fi you know has all kinds of different knowledge in in that particular realm right i, I mean it doesn't necessarily mean that that person has to be a, a middle-aged white guy or you know whatever right i mean it, i right. think it it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to add a label to it you know or stigmatize that you know that person because generally speaking right what's an addict oh well guess what it could be anybody it doesn't have to be yeah. one set thing i definitely think there has been that label put on no absolutely um, but in researching this topic i do have a definition okay so what what is a geek right like so what is it the definition that i found was basically it's an enthusiast of a particular topic or field so geeks are collection oriented gathering facts and mementos related to their subject of interest. Okay. So if I were to take that in, you know, into my own words, and I might be triggering some people who might be listening, but you, you take everyday people. Okay. People who watch sports, right. people who play sports, uh, fishing, gun enthusiasts. We know a few of those. We're not naming their names, so don't worry. Not naming their names. Um, obviously, yes, comic books, movies, TV shows. I don't think we have time on the show to name all the particular interests or topics or fields of interest, really. Absolutely. But right. there are interests and topics that are innumerable that people could be considered geeks, guitar players. Yeah, excellent. Uh, they do right things that are cool. Yeah, you wouldn't categorize somebody, you know, Van Halen. Right. No, excellent guitar. Eddie Van Halen is like a master on guitar. Absolutely. And Go check him out if you haven't listened to it. To his face, you wouldn't call him a geek. But I can guarantee you, he probably collects guitars. Oh, absolutely. I think most musicians or even like bands. I mean, they. They'll collect from all kinds of different places, but enough about that. I figured, you know, we'll the the get amount into of knowledge that. he has on guitar playing right. and and on guitars itself, he would be a geek. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so it would just be somebody that really has like an intense interest in one or more subjects, um, an avid collector of of tech or other memorabilia um, related to their area of interest okay so 
I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a subcategory. So what do you think a a nerd is, right? So like what how do we define that? Like is that a you know, are there slight differences? Are there major differences? You know, I, I feel like there there's definitely some talking points on this piece as well. Oh, I definitely think there is. I think um education, intellectual differences. Yeah. I think a nerd would be more uh, after education than they would be, uh, you know, a fan of something. Yeah. So um, so more technical uh, knowledge in, in, in different fields that they're, you know, involving themselves in. So, like, you know, you look at a geek who might not be so much technical in certain aspects like can't tell you like for example like a lightsaber how it works but at least knows the the lore the the story behind you know each and you know topic or you know different stories or whatever that might be in that in that particular genre right or you know like you look at a nerd it's like oh okay so you can tell me the inner components of say a lightsaber correct right and you can go into depth and like be very technical with the science on it, right? Yes. So, and yeah, a nerd would be able to tell you the inner components. They'd be able to tell you, you know, what the color kyber crystals are, where you like, what caves, what planets you can find them on. Like, they'd be able to tell you the inner workings because they're more focused on researching and finding that knowledge and holding on to that knowledge than a geek would. Um, a geek would be more interested in obtaining lightsabers, buying lightsabers, not necessarily learning how they work and where to like all the inner workings of them. So, what you just described, it almost kind of sounds like you're both, like you're both a nerd and a geek, because the fact that you said, "What was it? Kyber crystals?" Is that is that the correct term? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what crystals like. That was so it kind of throws me off guard right now. Like, we're, I think it's from the multiverse, but I think I border on both. So, and, and I think I think a lot of people can, and and I think people who like fishing yeah. and people who are, who like guns, guitar players, people who like sports, mm, yeah. um, you have like for me in particular, um, and I don't have any shame in this, like, I don't really care. Because I've I've kind of been a geek or a nerd my whole life. You don't say. I do say. Okay um, then. But when it comes to like sound, music, either playing, you know, mostly playing, not just listening, but playing music, I have to be nerdy because I have to learn how to play. I have to learn how to mix sound. So there is a nerdy component to that because I have to learn how to do that. So I'm I'm curious. So. Can you self-teach yourself as being a nerd or a geek? You definitely can because nerds are more concerned with acquiring the knowledge. Okay. So what I'm hearing is, as listeners as well, you can learn how to become said geek or nerd. So it really doesn't matter whether you fall into both or not. I just think that, as what Matt was saying, you know, when it comes to geeks – you're a generalist, right? You you understand most things, but you may not understand every component to what, you know, certain lore or certain, you know, devices or, or whatever it may be, right? You know, you're, you understand how everything works, but you're not technical in the sense of being a nerd where you understand the whole picture and everything that goes inside of it. So really, a geek... It can be anybody, and that's the thing that we're we're trying to get at is right. you know the stigma really shouldn't be there. And at the end of the day, whether you're a tall white dude, you know, or some short, you know, gamer nerd, whatever I don't know. But at the yeah. end of the day, it really doesn't matter what you look like. You're a geek. It's fine. So I do have I do have five traits. Okay. That yep. I found with the research that I did. I think this will be interesting. Um, between geeks and nerds. The first one being appearance. Okay. And, and what would that be? Um, geeks often wear t-shirts displaying their object of interest. Okay. So my example, I think, would be 
looking at Sheldon on, you know, Big Bang Theory, right? When he says, Bazinga, you know, like, and he's got the Flash t-shirt, he's got, like, Green Lantern, those kinds of things, right? Yeah, and you have, you know, fans of sports teams, they often wear jerseys, or, you know, I'm wearing a San Francisco hat right now. No comment. Um, But, you know, people who like fishing... They're usually wearing sponsored fishing gear, either something from Bass Pro or, you know, something like that. Gun right. enthusiasts, the same thing. Like yeah, like they're wearing Sig sponsored or Beretta, yeah. You know, companies that make guns, etc. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, nerds are less concerned with how others perceive them or what they're wearing. Okay. And are not necessarily, I think, motivated for popular trends or culture. Right. So one example, you uh, 90s folks or people who were born before then, I would say it's like Steve Urkel, right? He's wearing the, the overalls and the, the, you know, the high pants with, you know, the, the dorky glasses, the big old ones, right? And, you know, and he's got that. And that's very stereotypical, yeah. but yeah. yes, like unconcerned with modern trends. So... I guess my question to you is then is could nerds and let's say a dweeb fall into the same category? Is that something different? I suppose. I mean, I think a dweeb is a combination of both. Okay. Yeah. And like in what ways, like appearance or like maybe their knowledge in certain things, like what, what exactly? Probably knowledge. Um, enthusiastic, you know, enthusiastic. Yeah. Okay. In, in certain topics, but I think, I mean, nobody really uses the word dweeb anymore. I think. I mean, but, <laughs> that's old school, but. Um, I think I think dweebs and dorks are kind of the, in the same category. I think they can be the same. Okay. Like combination of a of a geek and a nerd. Less intellectual as the nerd and less, you know, of that collector as the geek. Hmm. Okay. Well put. I like that. That's good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. So the second trait that I have is social. Uh, Geeks, whether introverted or extroverted, can talk ad nauseum about their interests and often come across as pretentious, but they truly know their stuff. Mm. I know nothing about this. And I plead the fifth on this one. Oh, pleading the fifth. Okay, doesn't <laughs> even want to talk about it. Fine, fair no. enough. All, All right, right, I'll move on to the, uh, the nerds now. All right, nerds tend to be more introverted. They may not lack social skills, but they do prefer to spend time engaged in an activity or study rather than talking about it. And they typically know more than what they will say. Mm. So it's funny how when you mention social, it's like, Geeks and nerds, in some ways, they're not that much different, you know, from each other. I mean, in most cases, you know, I would say geeks and nerds generally tend to be more introverted. Mm-hmm. Very few can be extroverted and introverted, that kind of deal. Um, you know, looking at the, like, I, I always, I like using the term technical for nerds and more eclectic for for geeks because... That's yeah. really what it is. It's like geeks are like, oh, hey, like they know, they know enough, but they don't know the technical piece to it. Where nerds are like, nope, that's what it is. That's how I know it. Let's you know talk about this you know particular thing or whatever. But it's interesting because you know geeks, you know, they they kind of like are trying to overdo it, but they're not in some ways. Like they're like, well, I do know my stuff. But really, I I only know this much because I'm not that technical anywhere. The nerd's like, oh, let me tell you, I could talk to you for hours about just this one little component. Yeah. And you're like, who cares, bro? Like, I don't care. <laughs> when you're done boasting, I can fix your problem in 10 minutes. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so the third one that I have is tech. All right, um, tech. Geeks will tend to own incredibly awesome tech. Before it becomes mainstream, or they'll want to own incredibly awesome tech. So it's kind of like 
when the newest iPhone comes out or the newest Samsung phone comes out or the newest Mac, like they'll want to be in line at the store and they will wait in line for the store to buy it. Like right. The next biggest, you know, PS5 comes out, PS6 right. comes out, they'll be the first ones to be wanting to buy it. Don't get Matt started on a PS5. That's all I'm going to say. But but the, those are the guys, like those are the people, not you know guys in general, but those are the geeks are the ones that will be the first ones in line to to get this like the hottest tech. Nerds, on the other hand, will have the best tools for their trade. Okay. So it may not be the newest or the most awesome or the ones that have the best features, but it's what works best for their trade. So it could be a computer, paintbrushes, aquarium supplies, whatever, but it's what works best for them. So it could be them having, you know, a MacBook instead of a iMac. Right. Yeah, it's something on the go maybe, you know, but if they're doing like Photoshop or right. whatever. Yeah. They have the best tools based on like research and they'll look up, you know, what's the best thing for this and they'll buy that where the geek will be like this thing can do 10 different things at one time i have to buy it and i think yeah. that's the difference between the two of them you know with the tech um i look at like geeks in general too is it, it's kind of like like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, right? So it's the, you know, it, you, it wasn't actually popular until like, we'll say a few years ago, really. And it like started coming up, coming up, coming up. And like now everyone's like, oh, I want Bitcoin. I want that cryptocurrency, right? And it's... NFTs. NFTs, yeah. you know, all these cool little things. And you're like, and now for most folks out there, if you don't know what that is, it's okay. We're not going <laughs> to go over that today. But, you know, with, with nerds, it's like, okay, hey, you know, I got all these collectibles... Um, how do I make sure it's in pristine condition, right? So like the like you were saying about paintbrushes, like, okay, oh, look, there's a little spot over there. Let me, uh, you know, get it all cleaned up real quick just to make it sure that it's like, okay, hey, it's that thing is $1,200, and I know that it, maybe one day I'll sell it and, you know, it, it'll be for much more. But anyways. Yeah. All right, so the fourth one I have is home decorating. Uh very likely a geek will keep a collection such as figurines, collector cards, video games, guns, fishing lures, hats, jerseys, you name it. Whatever their interest is, they'll be collecting it. A nerd possibly has a messy home. Their primary focus will be on their interest and their study and not on more mundane tasks like cleaning, doing laundry. Those things would be really much harder to do for a nerd. Okay. So with they home... would do them. Yeah. But it's much more of a, <sighs> you know, it's, it's much more of like a, <laughs> Like a chore. That's like, oh, They'll great. do it like Sunday at 1030 when they know they have to work early on a Monday. Yeah. Like they won't do it on a Friday night or a Saturday night. They'll do it last minute. Right. Procrastination. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And so looking at like the geek side, it's like, okay, hey, I'm going to have – I have to have all the collectibles for Star Wars and I need to have – Everything in mint condition, and it's like, that's what it is. That's my collection. I have all these Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I have all these video games, whatever. Like, And they just have to show it off. Like They're like, yeah. here you are. Here's my collection of 300 pump Funko, uh, Funko Pops, you know. Yeah. And it's just, oh, my God, why am I looking at all this stuff right now? Where, you know, you're looking at nerds, and it's like, yikes. Um, I can tell you don't. Are really you have a take out this trash, or <laughs> like, are you uh, just going to keep piling your plates on top of it? Are you a hoarder? Um, what, yeah. Can we help you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number five, common careers for a geek, you know, IT, um, a designer of some sort, uh, graphic, fashion, something. 
that promotes that creativity. Uh, barista, engineer. Um, for a nerd, it would be scientist, musician, programmer, something that would be requiring more education, knowledge, research, yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, it, it kind of go back to what I said originally about the 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 eclectic versus the the technical, right? So the eclectic is is like you know you look at your IT and engineers, they know enough knowledge, but they don't know maybe sometimes the technical piece to it where you look at like a scientist or a programmer they're specialized in whatever field of study or whatever that you know component is right yeah again i'm not a programmer i'm not anything but that's what i would think that you know eclectic technical you know straight and these aren't these are not clear like borders there's not like you know there's a border here and a border there you can be both on one side or the other or both. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can border on both sides, but I think it's okay to be geeky or nerdy or both. Like I, I whatever the labels are that society has, like it's it's okay to be geeky or nerdy. All right, and and you know to even go further with that, it's like at the end of the day, you know, you can be whatever label you want to be at the end of the day, and it, no one's going to care, right? At the end Not of the really. day, no one sh- should be caring, but they do, and that's where I think we need to start because it's it's frustrating when I see, like, okay, this person has to be this because of this. No, you can be whatever you want to be and just go with it. Yeah, Be you, man. You know, just be whoever you want to be. But. All right, so now that we've defined what a geek is, John, please tell us what the heck the multiverse is. And we don't have all night, so can you please be brief? You know, that's very rude and offensive. Um, so, <laughs> yes, I will do this long story short, okay? And depending on who you are and who's listening, you'll understand what that means if you know who I am. Anyways, so the multiverse, right? So it's... A multiple universes, right? And a lot of them tend to be parallel, right? So let's say, for example, you know, one universe, right? You might be a successful billionaire, right? And let's say in this current, you know, earth that you're on right now, you're just some, you know, McDonald's worker or something like that. And then you're like, oh, hey, look, I'm a woman in one universe and I'm a dog in another. So really this whole thing is a theory like it, it's not defined it's not it's not case closed here we go like that's what it's going to be but i think looking at the multiverse it's so fascinating and you know it's really up to interpretation yeah because it's at the end of both the day fascinating and confusing at the same time and i think at the end of the day multiverse multi-universes right Whatever your personal interpretation, whether you agree, disagree, it's up to your own personal interpretation. Oh, absolutely. And I think when it comes down to it, um, if anyone you know wants to figure out if this theory is true, please let me know. Because if you visit me and I'm a billionaire, I want to go there. I want to switch myself because <laughs> this would be so much better. But anyways, so this whole like multiverse thing reminds me of a concept that does exist in this universe that we're that we're living in right now this reality um and the concept is the mandela effect have you heard of this i have and i know there's some interesting really good talking points on this so i'm i'm quite curious especially in your you know perspective on this i'd love to hear even some things that really do affect our world and we don't even really know it or we may not even believe that's the case so first off mandela effect let me just define it for people that might not know what it is mandela effect is basically when a situation in which there's a large mass of people believe that an event occurred when it actually didn't so Basically, it's 
if there's a group of people that remember a certain logo appearing a certain way, and in reality it didn't, or a movie that had an actor in it, and in reality didn't. Mm. And the one example of this, there was a movie that came out, I believe, either in the 80s or 90s called Shazam. It's not the newer one. It's an older movie. Okay. There's a group of people who say Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, was the star of this movie. In reality, Shaq was never in this movie. Shocker. The actual actor in this movie was Sinbad. So what I find fascinating is that when you you have this like weird perception on how certain things were back in the day and you're like, "Oh no, that's that guy." And you're like, "That's just a lookalike." Like, I don't I don't Are you sure that's that guy? And it's like when people are like, oh, hey, look, that's Keanu Reeves. And you're like, no, that's just some bum on the street because, you know, he looks like him, but it's not really him. But, you know, when you, you look at Shaq and you look at Sinbad, again, if you don't know who these people are, please look them up. Um, they're not even close. They're, they're not <laughs> even close. But the funny thing is, if you go to Google and you look this up, you will find both cover like movie covers with Shaq and with Sinbad and then you will be completely confused on which one's the real one <laughs> so and that's i think one of the biggest problems with this whole concept is people i think manufacture a lot of this so you kind of almost have to question are they real or are they not real because a lot of people are just creating this content. They put it out there on the internet. And then someone who doesn't know who maybe saw the movie back when it first came out. They now see this and they go, oh, yeah, the Shaq was in that movie. And then they're telling 100 people. Right. Which in turn turns into millions of people and so on and so forth. And then they're talking to somebody else and they go, no, Sinbad was in that movie. And now it just creates this phenomenon that, like, oh, this must be the Mandela effect. When it was, like, some guy in his basement trying to be funny. Well, it's like, who's on first? What's yeah. on second? Yeah, so on and so forth. So the main topic that we have, we're talking about movie quotes, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a movie that came out in the 80s called Silence of the Lambs. Do you remember this movie? So, I know the movie. Have I actually seen it? Not really. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I have seen it. So no. So this one is a pretty popular Mandela effect, where in the scene in particular, Hannibal Lecter, who is played by Anthony Hopkins, okay is visited by a young FBI trainee, Jodie which, Foster. Which, in my opinion, sounds really sketchy to allow someone to do that. But She was a trainee at the time because she hadn't yet become a full FBI agent. Okay. She was visiting him to basically interview him. Because that's at the time, that's what the FBI was doing to for serial killers, trying to get the, like kind of their knowledge about serial killers. Okay. Upon their first meeting, there is a quote, and it's actually a very popular quote from society, from culture. And the quote actually is, "Hello, Clarice." Very popular. So I've heard of it. I've heard, you know, hello, Clarice, you know, like that version yeah. of it. But Hello, Clarice. We've all think we've heard it. Uh-huh. Never said in the movie. Now, he may say hello and he may say Clarice, but he never says it together. 
So what I'm hearing is the YouTube, like, evildoers, basically, they're just like, hey, let's just put two things together and let's hope and pray that somebody's going to watch this and believe it. So there's another movie, and I believe it's Red Dragon, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a prequel or a sequel. I don't remember. You got me, man. I've seen it, but I don't remember if it's a prequel or a sequel. In that movie, he says, hello, Clarice. Ah. So they took that hello, Clarice, dubbed it into Silence of the Lambs, and if you look it up on YouTube, it's there. So in the movie, when that scene happens, what he actually says is, good evening. So taking two words and then actually twisting it and then good evening like okay two totally different yeah like concepts here so it's it's weird when you you hear both of those terms it's like okay so it is way definitely misquoted and they're just like hey you know what we're gonna make sure that people believe this is the quote and not whatever is actually said in the you know script because it it's crazy that people will do this because, again, I feel like they have no life and they just want people to believe this. And I, I actually didn't write all of the individual references that movies have used for this Hello Clarice. But there are multiple references. And I think one of the most popular, at least the ones that I've seen, is from Cable Guy. I don't know if you've seen Cable Guy. Is that Jim Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey. About? Okay, yep, yep. They go to medieval times, and he actually takes the skin off of the chicken. He puts it on his face. <laughs> what? And he he does the hello Clarice, and he's like, you know, he's he has this like, but he he does this quote that's not even in this movie. <laughs> so, are you sure that's that's the right one, Jim Carrey? Uh huh. Man, I gotta rewatch that again, apparently, because I don't remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually wanted to do a little misquote that I found. Okay. Okay. So, interestingly enough, in Star Wars Episode Five, okay, this is what Darth Vader is talking to Luke when he's when Luke is actually hanging off for his dear life, basically praying to God that. You know, he's going to survive this moment, right? And so the misquote is, Luke, I am your father, right? Now, that's a common quote that I believe, if you're not even a Star Wars fan, you would know that quote. Yeah, most right? most have heard it. So the actual quote, which I didn't even really know until recently, was, no, pause, I am your father. Now, just like in that one, now granted, they're, you know, they're... They're going way above and beyond on that quote. But right. this one, they're just mixing one word. And I get it. That's like a common, like, oh, oops. Okay, I, I messed up. But He's for, talking to Luke, so uh, right. immediately you're saying, yeah, Luke. Luke, I am your father. Your father, right. Yeah, so it's crazy when you're saying, no, I am your father. Like, you know, and I feel like I need to rewatch that again because I really want to know if it's like, if it's like somewhat, you know, related in the, the aspect of, like, does he say Luke at all during that time? Or did he just say, no, I am your father, and just, like, straight to the point? You know, because I think that's where a lot of people can get mislead or misled on the whole, you know, what it was actually said and not, you know, what was what people would believe that would be the case, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm curious what uh, – what other ones you got there? I feel like you have a list there. You know, uh, the one that came to mind when it comes to misquotes actually comes from history. So I'm, I'm intrigued by this because even with history, you know, we, we can – when people say one thing versus another, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to hear what what was actually said versus what, you know, let's say Hollywood, you know, would yeah. want to put into effect. So here. this one – uh, small movie, Apollo 13, you know, 
Small movie. Yeah, small movie. Not um, a big one, no. no. Tom Hanks plays Jim Lovell, and they're in space, and they suffer a catastrophic event. And granted, this misquote is one word. But this one word changes what they say from a present tense to like present future tense to a past tense. Okay. And in the movie, they say, Houston, we have a problem. Right. That's, that's in the current moment. Very, very popular quote. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, anytime somebody has a problem, they go, uh, Houston, we have a problem. Well, you know, uh, hello. <laughs> and that is actually a misquote from history. So w- what is the actual quote then? So the actual quote goes, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. See, two totally different ways to say that. And, you know, Houston, we have a problem is like, okay, this is happening right now. Like this is what's going on versus we've had a problem. And if I was the NASA guy taking this transmission, I'd be like, what exactly happened? And why are you just now saying that there's a problem? You know, versus, oh, crap, there's a problem. Okay, what is it? You know. And I'm thinking, you know, Hollywood, the director, whoever wrote the script must have changed what they actually said to this because of the inflection that we have a problem suggests. As opposed to, hey, we've had a problem. It kind of suggests, like, we've had a problem, but now it's not. Right. And, and, you know, looking at how Hollywood likes to make that dramatic effect. Like, that's I, – I, it's a, in a lot of movies that I've seen. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, let's just change one word and let's do this to make it more real – like what's going on and like this is happening and versus like oh okay we've had a problem and here we are let's just tell you about it right now instead of just doing it but i don't know i'm just babbling anyways what else do we got matt all right so i know you've all been waiting for our top five so here we are we're gonna start with our top five All right, so my number five comes from a movie that came out in 1968. Dang! (laughs) So this movie is called Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. He plays an astronaut named George Taylor. And in this scene, he is already captured by the apes um he hasn't been able to talk almost the entire part of this movie up until this point and this quote is such a like monster quote for this part of the movie and the time frame that it's in that it's really shocking so for 1968 it's shocking for us, it's like, whatever. I don't care. But for 1968 to hear what he says, and then in the movie for the apes to hear it after he hasn't said a word, it's really shocking. So the, my quote for number five is, take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Now, you know, of course, just listening to it, right? So I've seen tidbits. I've seen even the newer movies, of course, in... Of course, they, there's way differences between both of them. But, like, you're right. I think, you know, watching something that's from, like, 1968 and and seeing that, you know, one word is, oh, my God, this is happening. Like, okay, you know, nowadays there's so many words that have been used in movies that you're like, whatever. Like, okay, one word is not going to kill me. But, you know, I, I agree that that quote is very – it's almost motivating in some ways, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird because, you know, you're seeing a guy who hasn't spoken at all, and all of a sudden is just like, yeah. And he's been captive the whole time, right? And it's crazy that you know, all of a sudden, this guy's like, you know what? 
I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna get your tell you, stinking paws off. Like me. you know, like I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like I'm ready to come at you and and do this. And you know these these apes, you know these intelligent apes, air quotes. Uh, you know it's crazy to look at. You know they're speaking. This guy's just like, hey, whatever. And you know it's not even. I, I don't even know what to say. It just it's it's crazy to yeah. to view it like that. You know, but um. So when it comes to my top five, right? So number five for me, okay, this is it's a good quote. It's uh, it depends on if you like good old old military movies. I mean, granted, it's not that old, but uh, it's from 1992, right? It's a few good men, okay. So we got Jack Nicholson, okay. He's a, I believe he's a light colonel, and he's talking to Tom Cruise, who's a butter bar. He's a lawyer, right? They're in a military courtroom. And when you're looking at the scene, you know, Tom Cruise is interrogating him. He's like right in his grill talking to him. You know, the judge is like, hey, calm down. You don't need to be like doing that in- entirely. But the the quote is, you can't handle the truth, right? So I mean, I'm not going to you can't handle the truth. Like, I'm sorry is that, if that's better or whatever. But Jack Nicholson, right, when he says it like that, he's saying that when it comes to his position and his authoritative power that he's in, he's telling Tom Cruise, like, hey, like, you don't know what it's like to be me. Like, you have to understand that what I'm doing is something you'll never understand unless you're in that position, in that moment, because he's talking about, he was talking about his soldiers that were underneath him, and he had to make a quick call, and that's what it was. And at the end of the day, it it was powerful, because when Tom Cruise is like, he's like, oh, crap, maybe he is right, because I don't know, and I will never be in that position. It, it's a powerful quote and i know it's a very common quote that most people would know yeah but you know looking back at it 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 makes me think okay hey you know this is a hey this is direct no offense to you but until you get to where i'm at you're never going to understand what is truly happening you know but i'm curious what are your thoughts matt like what do what do you think about this quote well i mean honestly in the scene you know, you can't handle the truth. I mean, everything that you're saying is spot on. But I do think that there's a there's a level of pride that he has for himself and what he's done thus far in his military career that he necessarily can't see beyond the duty and the honor that his military career should have. Right. So... When it comes to seeing a soldier in his command who can't hold his end up, he gave a command to do the give the code red because instead of doing something different, right? And and and, and you know, and in looking at Jack Nicholson and the way he did it like that, it. It, it is tough. Like, you you don't know what the right outcome should be because in that moment you have no idea. Like, is that the right call? I don't know. It is what it is. You just have to make it, and it was yeah, a hard decision. I mean, we don't know enough about Jack Nicholson's character, honestly, from that movie. Right, to, absolutely. To know what his exact experience was. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, that quote just comes from, you know, his his pride kind of overlooking his true duty and honor for that for his position to oversee the soldiers on his command. Right. Did you know, did he know that the soldier had a medical issue? I probably not, but I don't think he really wanted to look that far. No, I agree. I mean, and you never so, know what would happen. Anyways, I'm going to go to my number 4. Uh, this movie comes from one of my Favorite 1980s comedies, uh, Airplane. This movie stars Leslie Nielsen. He is talking to uh, Stryker. His character is Dr. Rumack. And in the quote, Stryker is sitting 
on the plane. The plane does not have a pilot because everybody was sick because they ate the fish. And he walks up to him and he says, can you fly this plane? And Stryker says, surely you can't be serious. And Leslie Nielsen comes back with, I am serious. And stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> so what I'm hearing that too, it's, it's that comic relief, but he's like, no, I'm being serious. Like, I really don't, I really don't know what you're talking about and stop calling me Shirley. Like that, that's not what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, like, it just, it strikes a nerve and it's just one of those like really funny, like you don't expect him to turn around and like, stop calling me Shirley. He's like, he didn't call you Shirley, but it's just, it's funny cause it's stupid. Right. And that's why, that's why I love this quote. Um, there could be easily 10 or 20 from this movie alone that can be a top for me. Yeah. But this one was just one that was like, whenever it comes up in like Facebook or whatever, like whenever I see it, it's always like, I am serious and stop calling me Shirley. It just, <laughs> it's so funny. It makes me laugh all the time. So that's my number four. Okay. That's a good one. I would say so. My number four, right? It's a it, it's a classic. Again, it depends on if you've seen, you know, Toy Story. Well, let me rephrase this: Pixar, really. But yes, Toy Story. This is where the quote's from. So, again, 1995, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, right? So, very iconic quote, and it's to infinity and beyond, right? So. You know, for me, the reason why it resonates is because my wife, she loves Toy Story. She loves to quote it. She loves Buzz Lightyear. I mean, she's got a freaking license plate that says it. Wait, do you do you put your hands on your hips like that when you... Yeah, you know, to infinity and beyond, you know. And, <laughs> you, know and, uh, you know, so one of the things that, you know, her and I always do is we always say, I love you to infinity and beyond times 3000. And so that was a quote that, you know, we kind of took that and we took Avengers Endgame when Iron Man's like, you know, times 3,000 or I love you times 3,000 is really what he says. Um, and we just kind of played along with it and we, we've been using it more and more. And, you know, it's been one of those things. But honestly, it's a great quote. It's a very motivating quote. Uh, it's one of those things that if you're kind of down, you know, you're like, hey, let's go do this, man. Like, let's get yeah. into this and really – go for it and not just sit there and be like, ah, whatever. No, you're, you're going to go for it. And that's it, you know, but that's my number four. So my number three is similar to that. Um, it doesn't come from an animated movie though. Um, it comes from an actual 1987 sci-fi movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy. So this movie is predator, which is one of my all time favorites. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's it's a really good movie. Um, and the quote, you know, it, it wasn't actually meant to be what it is. And it was due to Arnold's thick European accent that it actually came, it actually comes off more comic relief than it is like an exclamation of urgency. So the quote is, and I apologize in advance. Because this, you know, impersonation of Arnold is going to be terrible. So I apologize in advance. But my quote from Predator is, get to the chopper. And that's why you don't give up your day job. Okay. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. But get to the chopper. That's the quote from from Predator. Um, There is another one that, that is really funny. And it's it's just due to his voice, you know. It's the, you know, in the scene he's waiting for the predator to come and kill him because he set a trap. And in this particular scene, the predator's over there. He's waiting for him. There's literal spikes that are supposed to come and close on him, and he's laying there and he's like. Kill me, I'm here, kill me, I'm here. So, and he repeats it over and over, and it's one of the funniest things from that movie. And it's not meant to be funny. He's he's being honest. Like he's being he's yelling at him to to 
So I was going to say, if, if you do want to pursue a career in voice acting, like that's good. Like the other one you need to work on a little bit, but you know, kind of going back to the, you know, the quote you were just saying, it's, it's, it's kind of like, even what I said before, it's motivating. It's very like, Hey, yeah, there's a chopper, you know, like there's we got to do danger. It. We got to go. We got to go. Yeah. Like this is happening. All right. What's your number three? Well, geez, you don't have to be so mean. Um, <laughs> so this is. So my top three, uh, I will mention there's two quotes that are um, childhood related. Again, some of these you might get, some of them you might not, but I'll just let you know. So number three is going to be from Mighty Python and the Holy Grail. Again, British humor, I think it's funny. It really depends on how you you view it. But If you don't understand British humor, you won't think it's funny. I can yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Um, so the quote – from this movie that I, I want to mention is there's some knights who they call themselves a certain word, which I'll say in a second. And they actually later on, they'll actually say something else. But the quote is, we are the knights who say nay, you know, and when you hear it, they're very, the guy is very high pitched when he says it. And then like later on, they change the name and it goes, we are the knights who say icky icky. And they, it's just again, you have to watch it to understand. But it's a, it's a movie that my brother, my father, and I would all watch, and we'd always, yeah. you know, kind of run away, you know, run away. You know, uh, <laughs> what's another one? Uh, it's, it's just, just a flesh, a flesh wound. wound. Yeah, it's just a flesh wound. You know, like all that kind of fun stuff. And you know, when you look at it, it, I think it's just funny. It's a, it's a great quote, but. What I find interesting, a little fun fact, is so the movie actually came out in 1975, okay? It was in April time frame. I don't know the exact date for the U.K., but in the U.S., it came in, the, of course, the same year, but it came out on my birthday, which is April 27th, if you didn't know, which I thought was kind of neat, and it was something that it was just kind of resonating. But enough about that. Matt, what's your number two? All right, so number two – and. As well as my number one, both of these two quotes for me um, are a little bit more motivational, a little bit more on the personal side because I've used them when I was a substance abuse counselor. They're they're more, I would say, on the advice side. Ooh. Um, so my number two comes from Rocky Balboa, both the character and the movie. Great. Rocky Balboa. Great movie and actor. Yes. Um. And this one, he is kind of sharing his life wisdom with his son. So in this scene, he's talking to his son. His son is, is kind of angry with him because he's accepting a fight with a much younger guy based on some mock fight he saw in a bar that would say that he would win in this fight. Um, so the advice that he's giving his son, the quote is this. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It's about how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. So that quote to me, like it's, it's not about how successful or, or how hard you can hit life. It's, it's how many failures you can, you can, you know, you can take. And keep getting up and keep moving forward and keep battling through it. I almost want to say like that that quote also is a very resiliency, like adaptable, like everyday life kind of quote, right? So you have to understand that, you know, when you have failure, that's how you become successful, right? right. And so you learn how to cope with that, with that resiliency piece and then just you you strive because you understand what it's like. And so when he says it to his son, it's like, hey, man, you may not understand this now, but once you get to where you need to be, you'll become that person that you are, you were meant to be. And know? when you realize, too, he's not talking about boxing. No, he's talking about <laughs> everyday life, man. This yeah. is like a common thing. He's not talking about boxing, even though he's talking about, like, hitting and how hard you can get hit and, and keep getting out, like – Boxing is what he knows, but he's not. This quote is not about boxing. This is about life. Absolutely, and that's what I love about this quote. Friggin' yeah. amen to that. Um, so number two for me. So, kind of like I mentioned before, a lot of these quotes 
you know, I didn't really actually know a lot about this quote. I actually had to look this one up. So it's a very kind of pop culture quote, but it's from Taxi Driver. It's from 1976. Robert De Niro plays the character. Um, again, I actually haven't seen this movie. I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm kind of uncultured on this one, so I, I should definitely be watching it. But the quote is, you talking to me? Right? So those four words we know, that's a common, yeah. like, New York slang it's kind of a popular, thing. very popular, yeah. And, you know, but the really the whole quote is, you talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Then who the hell are you? <laughs> who? Then who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. So I know I kind of screwed that up. I apologize. But when it when I look at it, right? So if I'm not under if I'm not mistaken here, he's actually talking to himself in a mirror, you know, pointing a gun. I, I believe that's kind of what it right. is. Right. And going I, on I believe there. that is the scene. Like he's holding a gun, he's talking to himself in a mirror. And again, I haven't seen the movie either, but I think in the scene, he's kinda like psyching himself up. In the mirror, kind of pantomiming, talking to someone else, being like, "Hey, are you talking to me? Are you right. talking to? Are you talking? Right. Are you talking to me? <laughs> right. Like, like somebody walking up to him and him being kind of tough, even though he might not be like a tough guy, right? And he, it's like he's preparing for what the inevitable is and really what the worst outcome could be, right? right? And so looking at it, it's it's. Again, a lot of these, even though they're they're kind of meant to be funny, but they're very that a lot of it's motivational, which I find very interesting. Even though like it's it's supposed to be funny, but really it's like, hey, this guy's really trying to, you know, get with himself and actually understand that, you know, you talking to me, you know, that it's like, hey, we're we're in this and we're gonna go, you know, figure out what exactly what we need to do in that that moment that situation, so. All right. All right. So number one, uh, this definitely is a geek culture quote. But for me, it's a just straightforward, to the point, very short quote. And it comes actually from Yoda in Star Wars Episode Five, um, Empire Strikes Back. And in this quote, you know, in this movie, he says, do or do not, there is no try. I'm not going to do an impression of Yoda. I will spare you. You're welcome. Thank God. But, you know, he says this, and it's such, like, advice, it's such, like, great advice that it's really overlooked. Like, and I've, I've, Really, like, I've had a plaque of this in my office. I've always used this. I've told my patients this. It's like I've kind of lived my I, – I still live my life to this. Like, I, I either do something or I don't do it. Yeah. But I don't – there's no black – like, there's no color in between. It's It's either I'm doing it or I'm not doing it. And that's – that's the quote, and that's what he's saying about you know being a Jedi, is you either do it or you don't do it at all. But there's no in between. Like you can't be a Jedi and then be something else. Right, and I, I want to mention this is like even like being a geek, right? So you either do it or you don't do it, right? You don't just go halfway in and like pretend like you are. But you know, hopefully when we're talking about this kind of stuff, it, it makes you realize that, you know, when he's saying, you know, do or do not try, it's, it's really like basically life in general, right? So either you're going to go for it or you're not, there is no like half, half seas yeah, kind of a there's thing. There's no it's, half measures. Right. And yeah. so at the end of the day, I mean, you're going to live up to that because whatever you do and whatever accomplishments that you have, are trying to get or even trying to really become right depending on what you're doing it's really just you know what in life is the most important to you and just go for it you know yeah. it's that it's that simple um so my number one 
Woo! Anyways. All right. Let's so, number one. All right. So, this movie, if you don't know, is Princess Bride. It was made in 1987. Did not know who the actor was until Bat told me. I didn't realize his first name was Mandy. Uh, Mandy Patikin. Okay. So, if you don't know Princess Bride, I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm, I need you to pause this and then just go watch the movie. I think you'll understand what I mean in a minute. Yeah, definitely. So, the the quote, okay, is, Hello, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Now, two things about this. One, it's a movie that I remember as a kid, even, like, again, just like in Mighty Python, I grew up watching this with my dad and my brother, and we quote it. You know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing. But if you take a look at it, right, Hello, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Now, in the movie, he actually finds the person that he, or sorry, that his, you know, his father was killed by, basically. And he actually says this multiple times to his face. And the guy's just sitting there like, what? What? No. Like, stop it. Like, can you, like, he freaks him out the entire time. But what's interesting about it is... When he says it all, the, the you know, just saying it over and over and over again, it was his life's mission to find this guy who, if I'm not mistaken, Matt, was it was a guy who six fingers on his left hand, six fingers on his left hand, and finally got him, and it it kind of reminds us of like what is our purpose, you know, what is our drive to be who we are. So this guy became a skilled swordsman. To literally find this guy and kill him. Now, granted, revenge is not the best way to go. Like, we all know this. But in this movie, it just, it kind of puts life into perspective. Like, what is our purpose? What is our drive? What is our overall reason for being who we are and and really just being here on this planet? So, it's funny when you hear it multiple times. But, like I said, just watch it. You'll understand. Yeah. All right. So... That is our top five movie quotes for each of us, and that does bring us to the end of this episode. So, I hope that your journey with us through the multiverse didn't cause any type of motion sickness or, you know, whatever else. I don't know. I, I really don't know where he's going with this, but I think... Oh, I think no! Can you not interrupt me? <laughs> <laughs> so... I want to mention one thing before we close. So for people who don't know already, um, I already got approval from my wife to say this, but uh, we are expecting, we are expecting a little alley. What? What? I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very, it was very mo- emotional news. Uh, I'm not going to go into full detail right now, but let's just say that it's, it's been a really momentous occasion, and I have a lot of love and support from my family and my friends. Good friend Matt here as well. Yeah, definitely. Congrats, man. Hey, appreciate it. Well, like he said, this brings us to the end of the episode. Again, when it comes down to what we're going to be talking about, I'll say this. You're not going to want to miss out on next week, or let me just say the next time we you know, record something, but... I'm going to let Matt finish out now. So, yes, if you do enjoy this episode and our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are on Apple. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Spotify. We're working on Google Podcasts as we speak. It's kind of a slow process. but So we will be on numerous podcast sites that you can listen to us so like subscribe uh rate and review especially on apple and be sure to come back when we do post a new episode because there's going to be different discussions every episode yeah and it's not all going to be the same and we were like i said being a geek is so eclectic so that's what we're going to do we're not going to just stick with one topic we're going to spread out all across the multiverse just like as you know our name implies right so again next week's or next episode's topic really is going to be about the different 
video game slash movie uh, adaptations of each other. So the failures. We're going to look at more of the failures. So it's going to be a part two and a part three. So part two is going to be more on, you know, the failures between video games and movies and how they, you know, why that was the case. And then part three is more going to be on the successful movie adaptations or video game of both, really. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, you got anything else, Matt? No, but we're super excited that you guys are listening. And like I said, just keep on listening. If there's something that you guys want us to talk about, you can email us at geeksfromthemultiverse23 at gmail.com. You can reach out to us at, on Reddit, GFTM23. Um, until then, this is Matt. And this is John. And don't forget, stay, stay geeky. geeky. We'll